Today, you are in for a frank conversation on burnout. Hello, and welcome to Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. I'm Jill Farmer, one of the lead coaches at Doc Working. And today, you are in for a frank conversation on burnout. And I'm really excited today to be joined by the founder of Doc Working, Jen Barna, who is also a working physician. And of course, the other co-lead coach at Doc Working, Gabriella Dennery, both physicians who've been through the same medical school training that you guys all have, and both people who honestly are open about the fact that they have experienced burnout. Because I talk to a lot of people who have experienced burnout, but I haven't walked through the shoes of being a physician who has lived with burnout. And so, Gabriella, I'm going to start with you. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey of experiencing burnout as a primary care doc? Hindsight is 2020, so I'm going to use it. I can honestly say that burnout began in med school, really. Again, looking back, it was definitely accentuated during residency. And then in my attending years, I think I started and continued my attending years just functioning on fumes. I really had very little to give, but I kept pushing and kept pushing and kept pushing, thinking that, okay, if I pushed hard enough, if I pushed long enough, if I took my next vacation, everything will be okay. And it didn't turn out that way, Jill. It was always, always this kind of interesting pattern, even since, I would say probably since internship, especially since internship, that I would take a week off and notice that by the time, you know, the week was ending and back at work the next day, it's like I never went. (laughs) And so the pattern continued over and over again and just kept getting worse. And again, hindsight is 2020. I didn't think about it that way. I didn't see it as anything wrong. It was just part of the internal conversation. And as I got into my attending years, the pressures were different as an attending physician. But as you know, the paperwork, the EMR, the catching up, this mountain of charts at the end of the day or at the end of the week that never seemed to go down and trying my best to catch up. Did I do this note? Did I not do this note? What the heck happened to this patient? Oh my goodness. It was a different set of pressures as opposed to residency. But it was significant all the same. And in primary care, you know, it's, well, you need to see 20 patients before we add more staff. I mean, this is kind of some (laughs) what the administrators would say, depending on the location. And, you know, I could go on and on and on about what it felt like in that experience. But what I knew at one point, I had to finally admit to myself that I was in trouble. And it took years to get there. So that would be my first thing is like, I didn't even know it was burnout. All I knew is I wasn't feeling well. <laughs> All I knew is I had no more energy and I didn't even want to get up to go to work anymore. There was the loss of fulfillment. What am I doing here? I just feel like a, uh, you know, a, an overpaid drug rep. They probably made more money than I did anyway. <laughs> you know, I just spent my days writing referrals and prescriptions and trying to catch up on charts and that was life. And so the ties to what it is to be a doctor and why I went into medicine kind of got lost. I'll be honest with you. So, you know, to make a very, very long story short, it started early. And once I was able to finally say, hey, you know what, something's not going right here and able to seek the support I needed, things started to shift little by little by little. And we'll talk in a couple of minutes again about what some of those shifts that you made in order to support yourself were. Jen, what about you? What has been your experience as a physician related to burnout? I would say like Gabriella, looking back, the origins 
began in medical school and residency, my kids were born, both of them in medical school. And so it was a struggle, but during medical school and residency, I did have the support of my peers and that made a difference. What happened for me was I accepted a job as a, what turned out to be a solo radiology job right out of residency. And I was supposed to be the third in a team of three. But when I got there, there were no other radiologists there. (laughs) So it was just me. And I started July 1st, I believe. And there were studies stacked up from April. And they said, when you get a chance, could you please read those as well? Because we've been without a radiologist for a while. (laughs) It was really the red flag that should have made me walk away right at that moment. So it was kind of, you know, out of the frying pan into the fire for me. I got through residency thinking, okay, it's five years. You know, I'm just in it for five years, but after that, the schedule's going to get better. And that's what I would say to my family. And then the schedule got worse. So what happened was, and I could tell you some stories that happened subsequent to that, multiple, but ultimately what happened is I stayed there for two years and then I made a change that was a huge improvement. And I never had another job that was similar to that because I made sure that I never did. But what I found was that the effects from that were long lasting and followed me really until I started working with you too, Gabriella and Jill. And A lot of the insights that you guys have provided have made a tremendous difference for me. And I really thought that I had solved those problems, but I still had residual kind of angst and, you know, anxiety about work that to be honest with you, I didn't even understand because I liked my team. I liked my job. And so it has been very transformational for me to work with you guys and all of the tools and tricks that you've shown me that give me insight into the way I'm thinking and ways that I can control things have made such a huge difference. So let's talk a little bit about just a couple of ideas, each if you have them, for ways that, as you said, Gabriella, sometimes a lot of physicians, a lot of docs like yourself just didn't even know that was burnout, this perpetual exhaustion, this idea that you'd rather do anything but And not having anyone say to you, hey, these are things to look out for so that we can get you some support. So identifying that you are burned out, being familiar with those is important. And then, as you said, taking some steps to get some support to be able to heal from it. Can you talk a little bit about those? Well, absolutely. I mean, I got to the point where I can honestly say I was at my wit's end. And I just didn't understand what other direction I was going to go. I thank God every day for my psychiatrist mother. (laughs) who said, look, Gabriella, it's not working. You need help. And it took years for me to finally take that step and look for a therapist. I actually finally asked a friend who had nothing to do with medicine, which I think is very, very important because I had to feel safe. I did not feel safe going to my bosses. I did not feel safe going to colleagues. I felt safe going to a friend of mine who happened to be a social worker. And I said, hey, can you recommend someone? And so once that process started, It was really, really eye-opening that I gave myself permission to even speak about my experience was huge because I'm an introvert and I tend to kind of hold things to myself and to be able to go to somebody and actually admit that I felt weak, that I felt out of sorts, out of place, directionless, despite the fact that I had a beautiful diploma on my wall, I had my board certification, I did everything that was right. I know I did my best as best as I could for my patients. I worked hard. There's no question about that. But I was miserable. 
And so being able to say, so just being able to articulate that, I'm not happy. I don't know. Something must be wrong with me because I'm doing everything right. And life should be as it should be, but something's not connecting here. And to have that person have that weekly conversation was huge. I have to say, there were points where I decided that I was not going to put it through my insurance company because there was that kind of fear that somehow somebody at the job is going to find out that I'm in therapy and I did not want that to happen. (laughs) And so I paid out of pocket and thank goodness I had the resources to do that. But I think it's very telling that when you do need support, and I still hear those stories, how many more years later, that when you do need support, where's the comfort in seeking that support within the medical kind of industry, within the medical model, and how many physicians still feel that they need to go outside, which actually is not a bad thing, that they need to go outside of that model to be able to feel free about saying, hey, this is what I need. This is the kind of support I need. It took me years to even identify what that support would look like, but just having those kinds of conversations, giving myself the freedom to have that conversation was a huge, massive, big step for me. And there were a lot of wonderful steps that followed, but I think that was the primary thing. When I actually had to say, I don't have all the answers. I cannot fix myself. I cannot be my own doctor. I need help. Such great information with more to come. Stay tuned. We're going to have more for you right after this important message from Board Vitals. Preparing for your board exam or looking for a quick and convenient way to earn CME? Study for your board exam and fulfill your CME requirements with Board Vitals. Board Vitals is the leading online board review platform with question banks and CME activities available in more than 50 medical and healthcare specialties. Board Vitals questions are loaded with detailed explanations, reference materials, and evidence-based rationales. And now you can take your studying on the go with Board Vitals mobile app. People who use Board Vitals question banks have a higher pass rate by 9% from the national average and an 18% reduction in study time. Board Vitals has helped more than 400,000 practitioners pass their board exams. They offer a free trial for all their question banks, and they offer a 100% pass guarantee when you sign up for a subscription of three months or more. Sign up today and get a special discount for being part of the Doc Working community by using the code DOCWORKING10. That's D-O-C-W-O-R-K-I-N-G and the number 10. That's a 10% discount code just for being part of our community with the discount code DOCWORKING10 for Board Vitals. Dot com. That's B-O-A-R-D-V-I-T-A-L-S dot com. So Jen, you talked about hearing some things in some of the conversations and ideas that Gabriella and I share here on the podcast and through other resources that Doc Working has. Can you think of one or two things that now you know that maybe if you could have told your past self <laughs> earlier that it might have helped with that burnout? Yeah, there are a number of things. One thing that I realized just through this whole process is that I am not the only person who is dealing with this and thinking these thoughts. So I think what I was thinking before is that, you know, everyone else seems to be coping fine. Everyone else seems to be, you know, not having a problem and not complaining about anything. And so I should read faster. I should be able to like you said, Gabriella, I should be finding happiness here. And I don't want to ask anyone else about that because there's just not time in the day. I mean, 
I'm reading a large volume of studies. And in fact, in that first job, I would often work until midnight. I'd start at eight in the morning until I got a workstation at home. That was the same as my workstation at work. And then I worked past midnight. Sometimes I would just take a break, go home and get called through the night. So there's not time to talk with each other often. And even in my more ideal role that I've made sure to work out since then, we're all about getting the work done when we're at work and often even work in different locations from our partners. So we don't necessarily see our coworkers during the day. We might speak to them on the phone or we might not, depending on our specialty. And so it was really eye-opening to me when we started talking and then to hear about experiences that you've had with coaching physicians over the years, and also to talk with other physicians once I began to see that this is a pattern, you know, that many of us are facing the same problems. That made me realize how important it is to create a community where physicians can begin to reach out to each other outside of work and maybe not the same physicians that you're working with. You know, like Gabriella said, you don't want to go to your colleagues necessarily. You don't want to go to your own administrators, but you would like to talk to someone who might be sharing a similar experience and might actually have some good solutions too. Other people are at different stages of their careers and maybe they face this and maybe they found a way that worked. The other thing that I found definitely that works is simply asking for solutions, you know, thinking creatively about what would help if you've got a problem that's weighing you down and you're feeling overwhelmed by it. If you can think of a solution that in your mind would work to help improve it, why not take that to your partners and take it to your administrator? Because in my experience, it's been surprising how often it's a solution that other people think is a good solution. And once it's in place, it works quite well. And you really want to welcome other people to do that too, because they may think of things that you haven't thought of to solve problems. So once people start really supporting each other and coming forward with their ideas of how to improve things, then it's definitely a win-win. Yeah, I really, really appreciate, I know I can speak on behalf of all of, I think our listeners here too, both of your candor, because we do have to shine a light on burnout. It's been talked about a lot. It gets thrown around a lot in conversations. Physicians are used to hearing about it, but a lot of times it still feels like it's this kind of nebulous thing. Nobody's actually saying, yeah, I'm experiencing it. So to hear both of your experiences firsthand and knowing that you are, you know, extremely intelligent people that you couldn't overwork yourself or overthink yourself out of burnout, I think is really an important message that you're both saying. And what do you want to add to that, Gabriella? One more thing. One of the big aha moments I had to realize is that as a physician, my mindset was I had a patient, symptoms, a prescription pad, and a referral form, and a pen. Back in the day before EMR and even during EMR, it was a mixture of the two. At the same time, I realized that for my own recovery, from burnout, for my own growth past burnout, to be able to see burnout not as a bad thing, but as a transformative part of life, as a movement into a new era, I had to accept that my healing, if you will, had to come from multiple directions at the same time. So there's not one direct route from point A to point B. It's about learning about different tools moving forward. And different tools will appeal to different people at different times. And certain things that appealed to me 10 years ago are very different than what they are now. It's a combination of uh, spiritual, emotional, physical, and a mental balance. It's not just, okay, well, let me do this one thing and life will get better for me. It's like, no, 
I mean, as complex as we are as individuals, as human beings, to look at burnout and to go through burnout and to move beyond burnout is actually not a super complicated thing, believe it or not. But it's accepting that, let me write a prescription for a symptom and be done with it, is not the approach. The approach is let me be open to different possibilities. So that's the only thing I wanted to add. Yeah, I think you're so right. It needs to be a multifaceted approach. So we need to shine a light on the fact that it is happening. We need to be talking about systems that need to happen to the system, like <laughs> putting more meaning back into the work. I know a lot of the positions that I work with, the problem is not that they're working too hard, is that they don't feel like a lot of their work matters because it has to do with bureaucracy and paperwork. It's separate from solving patient needs. And that's part of the challenge that I think the system is needing to be addressing. And as you said, as individual physicians, it's about looking at a multifaceted approach, understanding how to reconnect to why the work matters and how to reconnect to where there is autonomy and to taking control and using empowerment where you can. There are a lot of different ways that we can talk about this and we could spend, I don't know, what do you guys think about 30 hours in one podcast just talking about that? So I think it's really important that you all understand that burnout and being able to help every individual physician to move through burnout to thriving is one of the foundational motivations behind everything that is being done at Doc Working, including something that we are extremely excited about that I'm going to take just a minute or two to tell you about now. It's called Doc Working Thrive, and it is a subscription service for physicians exclusively a 12-month membership to the subscription, which includes access to ongoing live monthly small group coaching sessions. So you get coached by, dare I say it, really great coaches like us to be able to work through some of the most challenging things that you're facing. You get to have access to some excellent courses, including STAT, Quick Wins to Get Your Life Back, a virtual course that you can take on your own time. A New Era of Physician Leadership, another virtual course that you can take at your own pace. And a final course on communication called Communication for the Win, designed specifically for physicians. You also have access to a 24-7 private Thrive Physician Facebook community that is going to be facilitated by a physician coach to answer your questions, to give you resources, to be able to share best practices and ideas about whatever challenges and goals you're facing. And you also will get a weekly quick tip of videos delivered straight to your inbox. So all kinds of resources just designed specifically to support you in thriving at this work and calling that you were driven to. So we're really excited about this to get all the information about this, to be first on the list, to make sure that you get access to Doc Working Thrive don't wait another minute. I mean it. Go right now to docworking.com. Until next time, this is Jill Farmer on Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. Hi, my name is Gabriella Denry, MD, life coach at Doc Working. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you are experiencing burnout to the extent that you are having thoughts of suicide, please don't delay and get help. Call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or call 911. Hello, and thank you for listening. This is Amanda Taran. 
I'm the producer of the Doc Working Podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like and subscribe. We would also love it if you checked out our website, which is docworking.com. And you can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. On Instagram, we are docworking1, and that is with the number 1. When you check us out on social, please let us know what you would like to hear on the podcast. Your feedback really means a lot to us. And if you're a physician with a story you'd like to tell, please reach out to me at amanda at docworking.com to apply to be on the podcast. Thank you again, and we look forward to talking with you on the next episode of Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast.